الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل به فليس لله حاجه ان يدع طعامه وشرابه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected mothers and sisters this is a very great bounty and ni'mat of allah tbarak wa ta'ala allah ta'ala has blessed us with this mubarak month of ramadan may allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq to appreciate this month fully may allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq to use this month in the correct manner to maximize the benefit that Allah Ta'ala wants to shower upon us and to avoid wasting any of the valuable moments of this Mubarak month. You're saying that this is a very great blessing from Allah Ta'ala that He has blessed us with this Mubarak month of Ramadan and He has blessed us with the opportunity to be taking the blessings of the fast of the Taraweeh Salah, the recitation of the Quran Sharif, all the various A'mal. Indeed, we cannot imagine what is really this blessing all about. It will only be when our eyes close, then we will see what is the reality. Those who knew what is the reality, they applied themselves accordingly. Those who had an idea that what is the value of dunya and in comparison to that what is the reality of akhirat then they applied themselves in that way that is what they aspired for that is what they made an effort for that is where they put their heart and soul and as far as we are concerned because sometimes we fail to understand what is the real value of these great moments we tend to boil it away, we tend to pass it in a way that is of no benefit to us. So this is the first thing that we should be very conscious about, what Allah has blessed us with. This point that those who truly understood what is the value of dunya, what is the reality of akhirat, they had a different mindset. Just to understand this, on one occasion, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa, she saw Rasulullah who was her husband, she saw him in a very good mood, the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, and he is very happy. So like any woman, when the woman sees the husband in a good mood, then she feels this is the time to strike. We strike while the iron is hot. But generally we will strike for what? We will strike for something of dunya. That appliance, that garment, or some other material thing or the other. So this is generally what we will strike for. It must strike while the iron is hot, and this is what we will strike for. As Aisha was also a woman, she was also a wife, and when she saw Rasulullah very happy, she also felt this is the time to really strike. 
What did she strike for? She turned to him and she said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for me. Now, she could have asked for so many things. But she asked immediately, make dua for me. She understood what is the benefit of dua. And the dua of none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for her. Allahumma khir li Aishata ma taqaddama min dhambiha wa ma taakhar wa ma asarrat wa ma a'lanat. Allah, forgive Aisha all her past sins, mistakes, whatever, all the future, not necessarily that she had committed anything, but he's making dua for her. Ya Allah, forgive her past, forgive the future, forgive anything that might have been done publicly, privately. Now, this was a dua that Nabi Salaam made for her. When she saw him in a good mood, she asked for what she asked for dua. This is what she realized, or she knew, she had the reality of this, that all the material things of dunya are nothing, are absolutely nothing, compared to the dua of Rasulullah and what that will bring, what blessings it will bring in dunya and akhirah. So in any case, Nabi Salaam made this dua for her. When he made this dua for her, she became overjoyed. She became overjoyed. And she was so happy that she could not contain her joy and happiness. She could not contain her joy and happiness to the extent that her head actually came down onto her lap. She was so overwhelmed, she was so overcome with this happiness and joy that she now could not contain herself and her head actually came down into her lap. So when the beast Lawson saw this, he asked her, has my dua made you happy, O Aisha? So she replied and said, Why not? This is a dua that you made for me. You are the Nabi of Allah. Why should your dua not make me happy? So Nabi Sallallahu then said to her, Innaha ladawati li ummati kulli salatin. This is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. Subhanallah. Can we imagine Allah's Nabi Sallallahu what love he had for his ummah, what love he had for us, that after every salah he's making this dua for us, that Ya Allah forgive my ummah, Ya Allah forgive my ummah. So this dua which Aisha ta'ala became so happy with, Nabi Islam was making for us all the time. So what is our response? Allah Nabi Islam underwent so much of difficulty, so much of hardship for the sake of the ummah, he had to undergo so much of sacrifice, he saw his immediate family people being mercilessly martyred, so many of them, he saw his Sahaba-i Kiram being mercilessly martyred, he saw the difficulties that they had to undergo, the woman of his family, what kind of difficulties they had to undergo, they had to see their little children crying out of extreme hunger, but they had nothing to feed them, they were also in the Valley of Abi Talib, because of having brought Imam Nabi Sallallahu they were also boycotted with him. And Nabi Sallallahu saw all this. He saw the difficulties that his daughters had to undergo. He saw the difficulties that his wives had to undergo. And all these sacrifices he made. But in all this, his concern was, that, Ya Allah, my Ummah. Now how do we respond to this? How much of his Sunnah, how much of his way of life, have we brought into our lives? Have we brought alive in the Ummah? 
And how much of the ways of the Yahud and Nasara have we taken hook, line and sinker? Now this Mubarak month of Ramadan that has come is a month of reflection. That how much of our aspiration is dunya, how much of our aspiration is akhirat. How much of our heart is attached to the material things of this world and how much is our heart linked to the akhirat. Whereas the Sahabiyat, we can understand from this one incident how the hearts were linked to the akhirat. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu the queen of Jannat, the queen of the woman of Jannat, the most beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would leave Madina Munawwara on a journey, he would go out, the last person he would meet would be Hazrat Fatima radiallahu When he would return from a journey and he would come back to Madina Munawwara, the first person he would go to meet after coming to the masjid, performing salah, etc., when he would leave the masjid, the first place he would go to and the first person he would go to meet would be Hazrat Fatima radiallahu Such a bond. When she would come to visit him, he would stand up. If he was sitting, he would stand up to receive her. What love he had for her. And yet when she comes, she hears about some slaves that have come to Rabbi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and Nabi sallallahu will be giving these slaves away to somebody or the other. Somebody or the other he will be giving these slaves away to. So Hazrat Ali came to know about this and he himself encouraged the Fatima that why don't you go and ask your father to give you the slave? After all, all these difficult tasks you have to undergo, all the work of the house being done manually, let alone having the flour to make the bread, let alone making just the roti, first the flour had to be ground, the wheat or whatever was there had to be ground. It was not even wheat, barley. It had to be ground and the flour had to be made first. Nowadays everything is at the press of a button and that too sometimes it becomes very exhausting. This was the manual work. Everything, the water had to be fetched. There wasn't water on the tap. Water wasn't at the turn of a tap. The water had to be fetched from the well. And as Fatima to do this, the food had to be cooked on an open fire. And that too inside the confines of a home. And the smoke and whatever else goes with it. And all the household chores. Who's doing the household chores? The Queen of Jannat. The Queen of Jannat is undertaking all this on her own. And now when there is some slaves available, and the Surah has the authority to give it to whom he wishes. Because this was his right, his prerogative. And who was more in need of it than his own daughter? And yet when she comes, it's a lengthy incident, we have heard this incident many times. At that time she could not meet Nabi Wasallam because others were present and this haya, this natural modesty was such that she could not come in the presence of others to talk to Nabi Wasallam. This was her haya. Unfortunately, this is something which is fast leaving the ummah. The haya that Deen has taught, the modesty that Nabi Wasallam emphasized. Even Hadith Nabi Wasallam says, that Iman and Haya, they are coexistence. They are together. If one leaves, if one of the two leave, the other will leave with it. If Haya has gone out of a person's life completely, it's very difficult that Iman will remain for long. Iman will also go away. So this is how important the aspect of Haya is. Nabi Islam says, that if Haya leaves you, then you will do what you wish. A person won't bother about who's watching, what will anybody say. 
person won't worry about Allah Ta'ala, won't worry about the makhluk also. Let alone worrying about Allah Ta'ala, normally many a person doesn't be conscious of Allah Ta'ala, but they have some level of shame from people, that people are watching us. Whereas we should be more concerned, Allah Ta'ala is watching all the time. But sometimes a person is not so conscious of Allah Ta'ala, but he's still conscious of people. But as Haya starts diminishing, then a person is not even bothered about people also. If somebody wants to speak, let them speak. It's my life. I'll live my own life. These are the kind of statements that people start making. And what is this? Where does this come from? It comes from this haya being decimated. This haya being broken. Now the person is not concerned who is saying what, who is watching. The person is dressing in any way. If somebody doesn't like it, that's their business. I will dress how I want. But one more question is, that we should be asking ourselves, is Allah happy with it? Is Nabi Islam happy with it? On the day of Qiyamah when we stand and we will want the intercession of the Azwadi Mutahharat, the wives of Rasulullah the beloved daughters of Rasulullah would we be able to face them? We would be able to face them that this is the Haya, what Haya they thought and what are we up to? What are the kind of blessings that we are adopting? Is the Haya that they have thought is this alive in our lives, in our communities, our families? From time to time we get various kinds of emails coming. One email, one, one woman wrote, and this is one of many. any case, what she wanted to know was, that is it permissible for her to attend a certain family function? And she states that there will be a segregation. The men will be totally separate. The woman will be separate. It's not that they'll be intermingling. So there's that much of consciousness in the host. That the host has made separate arrangements. But now the question then why is the question that will there be music there? No, there's no music there. Will there be some kind of dancing carrying on? No, there's no dancing carrying on. So why is there the question now? Is it permissible for me to attend the family function? She says because of the way the woman will be dressed. Now this is a woman among women. And she is so embarrassed. Allah has blessed her with that kind of haya and consciousness. And that realization of deen. That a woman is embarrassed to be among women because of the way other women are dressed. In the manner that they are exposing themselves and whatever else goes with it. Allah Ta'ala forbid, Allah Ta'ala forgive us and save us from this kind of ways. This is something which we have no idea what goes on here. We are talking about what's the situation back home. But in any case, this is the level to which Hayat then drops. That a woman is embarrassed among other women. About the way how they are conducting themselves. How they are dressing etc. When Haya starts dropping, now the person who is dressed in that indecent manner, she is not concerned the least. And if she says, if anybody feels offended, that's their business. It's my life. I'll dress how I want. Is this what Allah wants from us? Is this what the Azwani Mutaharat will be happy with? Is this what the pure wives of Rasulullah will be happy with? Or the beloved daughters of Nabi Salaam will they be happy with this kind of dressing? Will we be able to take their intercession on the day of Qiyamah? So, in any case, what we were talking about is that Haya is a very fundamental quality of being. And this Haya is being broken down by the media, by the newspapers, by the magazines, by things that go on in family functions, in other functions, and in every direction, whether it's a billboard, whether it's... And things come in our home and nobody bats an island. Things come in our home and it's kept in the middle of anywhere and everywhere, and everybody is reading it. Mother and son are reading the same newspaper which is full of filth, 
father and daughter are reading the same newspaper and sometimes in front of one another. So, where will the hayat remain? And then the, whatever happens on the shaitan box and the whole family is sometimes sitting and watching that together and the filthy things that go on there. So, where can hayat remain? The magazines, the novels that our children read, that decimates their hayat. The type of things that come up, Allah Ta'ala forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us. One email I received two days ago of somebody who made Toba for novels. I haven't replied to that email yet, but just to highlight what goes on. Somebody who made Toba years ago from these novels. And she is now, she's a teenage girl in her, Allah what her age might be, but it appears she must be in her, maybe 17, 18, 20 around there. And she says, I made Toba from this about three, four years ago. But from time to time, the things that I read into those novels, now she was reading these novels when she was 13, 14, 12, 13, 14, Allah knows. She says, the things I read at that time, from time to time, though I made Toba from this, I haven't read it for years. But some of those things I read, they just suddenly come to mind, and filthy haram thoughts just run through my mind thereafter, and I'm totally overwhelmed with these thoughts, and it's only later that I come back to realization that we are gone, and this has such a terrible effect on me, and it destroys the strength of the heart, etc. And this inclination towards Amal then obviously sets in with all these kind of things. Now something that was read three, four years ago, person made Toba of it, but the effect is still so deep. The impact of it, now the person is conscious, that is why she's asking how to come out of this, how to overcome these thoughts, how to overcome these flashbacks of what was read. Likewise, people watch all kinds of movies, Allah forbid. Any movie is obviously out of the question. And on top of that, people watch all kinds because it's now YouTube. So YouTube now suddenly became fine. But what is, what is doing to our Iman? That's not fine. What is doing to our Iman? What is doing to our Akhlaq? What is doing to our Haya? And now when that Haya is being dropped, then all other things fill in. There's no such thing like a vacuum. When the good diminishes, something else fills the gap. Now the good came low, so the wrong starts filling in the gaps. So likewise with dressing, with other things, how we conduct ourselves, how we talk, if out of sheer necessity we have to interact with some non-mahram, what will be the way of interacting? That the voice being made very, very unattractive and person not ever looking eye to eye, it might be a doctor, it might be anybody, looking away, talking the bare necessity and trying to be out of there as quick as possible. So now this will be the case of Haya. And if Haya is not there, then it will start off with how the discussion is of how the health is and how the weather was and where I went and what happened and how you spent your weekend. Allah forbid where these things lead up to. So we digress from the incident that we are discussing of Sayyidah Fatima anha. She had come to Rasulullah to ask for the slave. And Nabi she could not meet him at that time. Later on, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu informed Nabi that this is what Hazrat Fatima radiallahu had come for. Nabi later on came to their house that night. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu had already retired to bed. Nabi came, he came into the house, and then he came and sat in between their beds. They were on the floor, obviously, and he came and sat in between. And then he Asked what was it you had come for? Hazrat Ali explained that this was the issue. Hazrat Fatima had come to ask for a slave who will help with all these difficult chores. We'll go bring the water, 
who will grind the flower, who will undertake all these difficult things. Nabi Islam said to her that Hal Adullukuma ala khairin mimma sa'altukuma sa'altukuma sa'altumani that do I should I tell you something better than what you have asked? You have requested something which is fine, it is not something haram, it is not impermissible, it is something currently you have the need for it as well. You need a helper, you need a servant, a slave. And who is Nabi Salaam talking to? His own beloved daughter. Who he is talking to, who he himself has declared that she is the queen of Jannah. And Nabi Salaam is asking, can I tell you something better? Can I tell you something of greater value and benefit to you? They said, please tell us. Nabi Salaam says to us at Fatima that when you come to your bed at night to sleep, when you come to your bed, he's addressing both of them. Then you recite Tasbih 33 times. You recite Tahmeed, Tasbih Subhanallah 33 times. Alhamdulillah 33 times. And Allahu Akbar 34 times. Nabi Sallallahu says that this Tasbih is better for you than what you have asked. Now when Nabi Sallallahu gave them Tasbih, Fatima asked for a helper. Hazrat Fatima asked for somebody who will undertake all the chores and make her life easy. Who will undertake all these difficulties and give her the ease and comfort. She asked for this. And not just comfort of now that she will have nothing to do. No, she will have enough to do still. But these are the very difficult manual chores. And her father Rasulullah what is he giving her in return? He is giving her tasbih which is known as Tasbih Fatimi because of this incident. And when she is presented this Tasbih, she wholeheartedly accepts it. And she says, I am very happy with this. I am very happy with this. Now she knew that Akhirat is the real thing. This life, this life of dunya is a very temporary place. We are here today, we are gone today. How often it happens? Person is here now, healthy, fit, everything is going on fine, person is laughing, joking, the next moment the person is gone. Whatever happened, the person is gone. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us that when our time comes, we are not ready for that time. Those who go, but they go in a manner of Iman, they go with their Iman intact, they go in a way that Allah Ta'ala is happy with them in that condition. SubhanAllah. Life, life is not, nobody is here to stay forever. Everybody has to go sooner or later. But a person goes in a good way, person goes in a way that Allah Ta'ala elevates the person's stages and status, subhanAllah, that that's an excellent thing. But Allah forbid our time comes and we are not prepared to meet Allah Ta'ala. We are still in a situation where we are filled with all kinds of wrongs, we haven't made tawbah, we haven't made istighfar, we haven't brought our life onto deen, then obviously this is something that will be a very great sorrow for us on the day of Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So the real thing is Akhirat. The real thing that we have to aspire for is the hereafter, the bounties of the hereafter, and that is what will bring barakat in our lives of this world as well. That is what will bring sukoon and happiness in our homes. That we bring deen alive. We bring the amal of deen alive. Then we will see what barakat this brings. Then we will see the happiness, the pleasure that it brings in our lives, the contentment, the serenity. This is not in means. It's not in the material things. If a person has it in his heart, he is peaceful within his heart, he is content in his heart, he is at peace and happiness in his heart, then he will enjoy the material comforts also. 
Then whatever bounties Allah has blessed him with, it has come in a halal way, it's a ni'mat, mashallah, but provided that there's contentment in the heart, then he will get satisfaction and pleasure out of the material comforts also. And if it's not in the heart, if in the heart there's something else because of sins, because of other things, there's turmoil, then even the material comforts and luxuries can't give us that peace and happiness. It won't. The real thing is inside the heart. So the real thing to aspire for is what will bring this happiness in the heart. What will bring this contentment? Challenges of dunya, everybody faces. There is nobody without challenge. There is nobody without some kind of test. Somebody big, somebody small, somebody in some way, somebody in some other way. Everybody faces some challenge or the other. But a person who is connected to Allah, a person who has developed their bond with Allah, then even in the pain of life, they are still consoled with the pleasure that comes from the side of Allah. They feel the physical pain. They also feel grief. They also feel hunger. They also feel pain. They also feel the sicknesses. They also feel all these things. They are human beings. They are not angels. But in all this, Allah Ta'ala consoles them with that bond that they receive. The blessings of that bond they enjoy with Allah Ta'ala. One couplet of my Shaykh Al-Mashakim al he summarizes this and he gives the gist of it, where he says, دُشْمَنُوْ کُوْ اَيْشِ آبُ گِلْ دِيَا اور دوستوں کو اپنا دردِ دِلْ دِيَا That the enemies, Allah Ta'ala gave them the leisures and pleasures of life. That they do what they want. They got no concern. They got nothing to think about, is this halal or haram? They are not interested. This place I'm going to, is it halal or haram? No, as long as it's this fun. Everybody is going for that fair, everybody is going, I must go. So, they are not concerned, is this something that is in accordance with Allah Ta'ala. So they, some, they don't even have Iman. So if they don't have Iman, we're going to worry about halal and haram. And Allah forbid if a person has Iman, but that Iman has weakened tremendously, Allah forbid. Now that person too is, despite the Iman being there to some extent, but the person now has followed the way of the kuffar. So now, whatever is promising some kind of fun, some kind of entertainment, then we must do it. We must be there. So now, there is no concern for halal haram, there is no concern for haya, there is no concern for the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There is no concern if my moth comes away in this place, if my moth comes away in this kind of environment, if my moth comes away while watching this entertainment, if my moth comes away in this kind of function, what will be the case? No concern, because the only concern is how I can try and entertain myself, how I can be part of the fun and enjoyment. So now, the person who has this kind of life, these are people who are generally, Allah Ta'ala just lets the rope loose for them. Who are these? These are the people who are far away from Allah Ta'ala. Either the outward, the out and out enemies of Allah Ta'ala. Dushmano ko eshe abo gildiya. Allah Ta'ala gave them the legends and pleasures of life. But we should not be deceived. Don't think they are enjoying it. It is just momentary enjoyment and then the turmoil starts. The person had one hour of some kind of entertainment and fun and now after that one hour, now the person is in a deeper depression. Now the person is in deep anxiety. So now what? Now you're going to find something else. You're going to find something worse. So now person was looking at maybe some small things, was looking at something that might be on a bakru level, then that starts going into a haram level. Then now the person wants to start looking at something else because artificial entertainment must carry on. So now the person starts looking at terrible things, filth, complete filth. Then the person gets caught up in illicit chatting. 
And now all this must keep on. Something or the other must keep this excitement, so-called excitement, carrying on. But that excitement is creating more turmoil. That excitement is creating further havoc in the person's life. And as a result, from one wrong to a next, and then the person's marriage is in shambles, then the person's home is broken. Allah Ta'ala save us and forgive us and protect us. These are things that we are hearing about all the time. Inshallah, these places are not affected by this. But every other day, these kind of situations come up. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. So, where does all this come from? When the Akhirat is not kept in front of us. So, that says that the enemies of Allah Ta'ala, they are these pleasures and pleasures of life. Dosto ko apna darde dil diya. But the lovers of Allah Ta'ala, the friends of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala bless them with something totally different. Allah Ta'ala bless them with darde dil. Darde dil, this refers to the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, the love of Allah Ta'ala. When the love of Allah Ta'ala settles in the heart, then all these leisures and pleasures of dunya just fade into insignificance. If it's halal ni'mas and bounties, a person will enjoy it, but he'll enjoy it out of the recognition of Allah Ta'ala, that my Allah has granted me this. Now this will transform the whole pleasure of it. The Shaykh of our Shaykh Hazrat Mashal Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah he was once eating and he addressed our Shaykh Hazrat Shaykh Akhtasar Rahmatullah and he said to him, that Hakim Akhtar, I'm eating this dal, simple dal, plain dal, not even anything of a luxury kind of dal. Simple dal, I'm eating this dal and I'm getting the pleasure of biryani in it. So I asked him, that, how can you be getting the pleasure of biryani in dal? Not that he didn't believe what he's saying, but this is a strange thing, so there must be some explanation to this. So the reply is that I'm not only looking at the dal, I have this consciousness of the hand that is feeding me this dal. That this dal is also from Allah Ta'ala. And there is this, such a deep love with Allah Ta'ala, that now when the hand of the beloved is feeding, that is not what is being fed. When something is being received from the hand of the beloved, then that too becomes beloved. Then there is a total joy even in that. Even if it is the most simple and the most basic thing. But that depends on that there is love. If there isn't love, then you cannot pretend just to have something in the mind and try to get that enjoyment. But when there is true love with Allah wa ta'ala, the person has that muhabbat for Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala created me. Allah ta'ala is my sustainer. Allah ta'ala has blessed me with every ni'mat, every bounty. Allah alone is the controller of the universe. Allah ta'ala is the sustainer. And Allah ta'ala is blessing me with innumerable bounties every second, every moment. And now the deep love, the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. Then, even in the challenges, even in the challenges, a person is focused towards Allah Ta'ala. And a person being human being, being insan, will feel grief, will pain, feel pain, will feel everything. But will be consoled by this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So this is saying that the enemies of Allah Ta'ala, they have these pleasures and pleasures of the world. But the friends of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala bless them with this Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala. Now what is the, how does this unfold? And how does this play itself out? Then Hazrat gives this end result of this in the next couplet. He says, Unku sahil par bhi tuhyani Or hamku tufano mein bhi sahil diya. That the enemies of Allah Ta'ala, they are apparently on the shore. Apparently, figuratively speaking, now one is a person is in the middle of the ocean 
and the other person is on the shore. But the person on the shore is apparently in comfort, he's in security, he's not in danger, so he's apparently should be very happy, he should be very comfortable. But even on the shore, they are experiencing the storms of the middle of the ocean. It might be outwardly that everything is seeming very, very rosy and cozy, but ask their hearts what's going on. They are in a total shambles, they are in a turmoil. Every other day, some person is crying his heart out. He is not short of anything of dunya. He has got so much of dunya, his great, great, great grandchildren will enjoy also. Meaning they will also have that still running in them if it is looked after, if it is not squandered. There is so much. If nobody works, they just look after what they have. There are so many investments running into the hundreds of millions. And the person is crying his heart out that I am a broken person. person is saying that if there wasn't Imam, perhaps he would have been contemplating suicide. Now, a person so broken, having so much of wealth, that there is nothing that wealth, I mean, nothing that he wants to buy that he can't buy. Anything he wants to buy, it's available to buy. He has the money to buy it. He already has bought whatever he's desired. And now, why is a person so broken? Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. But this is the thing that we have to develop this bond with Allah Ta'ala. Then whatever test comes, Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. Allah Ta'ala keep us in afiyat. We should never be asking for tests. We should be asking for afiyat. But Allah forbid some test comes. Then to a person, despite being in pain, but the person will be consoled with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. The ta'aluk and the bond of Allah Ta'ala with Allah Ta'ala will be a very great consolation factor. And this pleasure in pain is something we are familiar with, we understand this very easily. Some person has a very a deep liking, very fond of extremely hot food. Hot meaning something that is very spicy, very chilly. So now the person is eating that very spicy food, very hot food. And now when a person eats something very spicy, so now it burns the tongue, it starts making the eyes water, the person's nose is running, and now apparently the person is in pain, and is asking for a tissue, and the person is making ooh and ah, because this is so hot. Somebody gave him something extremely hot. So a person watching him and observing him, he says to him that, look, stop this self-torture. Why are you torturing yourself? And don't eat this, have this something else which is very mild. So the person who is now eating this spicy food and hot food, he tells him, you keep that mild food for yourself, and you leave me to myself. You don't know what I am enjoying. Now he's outwardly in azab. Outwardly he's in pain and suffering. But he's getting an enjoyment in that pain and suffering. His mouth is on fire. But he doesn't want anything to subside that fire also. He's taking another of that morsel of that very spicy food and putting it in his mouth again. So when a person has this bond with Allah Ta'ala, like this person has this bond with the spicy food, so now he wants more of it. Likewise, when a person has this bond with Allah Ta'ala, he is not overwhelmed with the challenges of life. Allah Ta'ala gives him a sukoon, gives him a peace, even in the books of challenges. So Hazrat is saying, Unku sahil par bhi tuhyani mili, aur hamku tufano mein bhi sahil diya. That even when they are on the shore, they are experiencing the storms of the middle of the ocean. And when we are in the middle of the ocean also, the challenges of life have come. We are in the middle of the ocean. But Allah Ta'ala gives us in the middle of the ocean also, Allah Ta'ala gives us the comfort of the shore. In the middle of the ocean, Allah Ta'ala gives us the protection of the shore. Now this Allah Ta'ala blesses those who are His true friends. And this Mubarak month of Ramadan has come 
Allah Ta'ala is so to say extending his hand of friendship to us. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah. Oh you who believe, adopt taqwa. What is this adopting taqwa? In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The friends of Allah Ta'ala are the muttaqoon, are those who have taqwa. So Allah Ta'ala is extending his hand of friendship to us, figuratively speaking. That become my friends, become my true friends, and then see what enjoyment of life you enjoy. Then see how I make all your work get done. Then see how I help you at every step. Then see how even in the midst of challenges of life, I give you that sukoon, that tranquility, that peace. Life is dunya is dunya. Dunya will come with all kinds of challenges. But a person will still be able to maintain one's sanity, will still be able to maintain one's composure, will still be able to maintain the manner that one should be conducting oneself. When provided that this bond is with Allah Taala, otherwise a person just loses his mind. He cannot understand what to do. So what we need to do is come back to Allah Taala. And this Mubarak month of Ramadan, Allah Taala makes it an opportunity for us that now come. All the, the atmosphere has been made so conducive. The shayateen have been changed. The amal, the rewards of amal have been multiplied. The barakat of the fast. This gives a person such a spiritual boost. And everything is made conducive to come back to Allah Ta'ala. Now while we, Alhamdulillah, we engage much in ibadat in Ramadan, which is excellent. The more the better. Especially the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, we should be maximizing. The month of Ramadan is especially the month of the Qur'an Sharif. Then we should be engaging in Nawafil Salah as well. Especially in the month of Ramadan, the Hajjud becomes very easy. We are awake for Sahri. So at that time, at Sahri time, is the time of the Hajjud as well. Four rakats, even two rakats. Best is eight rakats, otherwise four rakats, even two rakats. We perform the Hajjul Salah and then make dua, deep dua. That is a special time of dua. And especially in this Mubarak month, this special time is multiplied so much more. In the last one third of the night, Allah Ta'ala Himself calls out, Is there anybody seeking forgiveness? I may forgive them. Is there anybody seeking sustenance? I may give them sustenance. Is there anybody in a problem, in a difficulty, so that I may remove the difficulty from them? Is there anybody asking? Unfortunately, at that time, we are not asking. So, to wake up a little bit earlier, complete our seri, or before the seri, we now make this few rakats of tahajjud, and make sincere dua, deep dua to Allah Ta'ala, we beg Allah Ta'ala's help, and then we see how these duas of tahajjud will carry us along. We see how this brings a solution to our problems. Dua before iftar, a very very valuable time. Unfortunately, this time is often neglected. We're so busy with our preparations for iftar. All that should be completed at least 10-15 minutes before iftar. Everything should be done before that time at least. And that last 10-15 minutes minimum, everybody in the house, the children, everybody should know that this is the time for dua. Everybody should be engaged in dua, beseeching Allah wa Taala for ourselves, our families, our relatives, our neighbors, our community. And for the entire Ummah of Rasulullah wasallam, we should be making earnest dua. And then we should be all the time conscious that this Mubarak month of Ramadan has come for this taqwa. This taqwa, the essence of taqwa, while mashallah the ibadat must continue. But the essence of taqwa is refraining from whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. The person who has refrained from sin, that is the greatest abid. Mashallah we exert ourselves in ibadat, we must continue. But together with that, the greatest ibadat. Nabi Islam said to Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala an, 
maharim takun a'bad al-nas. That refrain from the things Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, you will become the greatest abid, the greatest worshipper. So now this is the greatest ibadat. Staying away from haram, staying away from sin, staying away from guna. So in this Mubarak month, the first step to acquiring this taqwa, we should adopt this first step first, and that is sincere tawbah. Begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, making sincere tawbah, giving up the sin, stopping the wrong, and uh, giving up, making sincere tawbah, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, Ya Allah, whatever I did, I'm deeply ashamed of it, I regret it, and I make a firm resolution not to commit this wrong again. Remove those means of that haram from our life. That is the first step to acquiring this taqwa. We need to stop all the haram, then we'll get the benefit of the fasts. Our Shaykh Shaki Mahtar gives an incident once they were traveling in, in the Hijaz in Makkah Mukarrama, and it was a very hot day. And they were traveling in the company of and while they were traveling, the car was very hot still. So the Mahabharata, very great personality, Khalifa was a Tamil Rahmatullah. So he asked the driver, is the air conditioner working? So the driver said, yes, it's working. He said, but why is the car not cooling down? So when they checked, they found one of the windows was open in the back. So they closed up the window. So when they closed the window, so the Mahabharata immediately said, look, we must take a lesson from this. The Ahlullah take a lesson from everything. We look at things also. And they also look at the same things. And they take a lesson and we just pass by it. They take very deep lessons. Hazrat Rabia Basriya Rahmatullah Aleha, she was seated at the Dasarhan and somebody brought a roasted chicken and presented it to her. To eat, they came and presented some, as a hadiya, they brought a roasted chicken and presented it to her. Now this is a na'mat ta'ala. So any case, when this was presented to her, she looked at it and she burst into tears. So now, Somebody was surprised that what happened? Is there a problem? Somebody brought, mashallah, roasted chicken and came and you are crying? What is the problem? So she says, no, there is no problem. It's not that this is a na'mad of Allah ta'ala, mashallah. You should appreciate the na'mad of Allah ta'ala. It's just my mind went away in a different direction. Your mind went away in a different direction. Where did your mind go to? So she says, when I saw this roasted chicken, immediately the thought crossed my mind that, mashallah, how fortunate this chicken is. This chicken is fortunate in the sense that it was first slaughtered, alhamdulillah, slaughtered according to the correct manner, correct sharki zaba, the name of Allah that I was taken, etc. It was slaughtered in any case. So now when it was slaughtered, its life was out. After it was slaughtered, it was now no more with any feeling. So its life had left it. And now that its life had left it, only thereafter, it was now skinned and roasted. So when it was roasted, it felt no pain. Because it was already roasted. I mean, it was already lifeless. So when this chicken was roasted, it was lifeless, it felt no pain. My mind went in that direction. That how fortunate this was, that it was lifeless and it was roasted. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid, if I don't gain the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, and Nauzubillah, Allah Ta'ala protect me, if I am thrown into Jahannam, I will get roasted alive. I will get roasted alive in the fire of Jahannam. What will become my condition then? Now she saw a roasted chicken and where did her mind go away to? 
The Ahlullah sees something, somebody's mind is going away immediately to Jannah. Somebody's mind is going to the Jahannam, the scene of Jahannam, and they are shrieking with concern that Allah save me from this. Somebody's mind, they see something and their mind just flashes, the Akhirah flashes in front of them, the day of Qiyamah flashes in front of them, the Hisab Kitab giving an account of their deeds flashes in front of them. Somebody, something happens, they're walking over some narrow bridge, the full Sirat flashes in front of them, that this bridge is narrow but it's still so wide. What will happen on the day of Qiyamah when I have to cross the bridge of Sirat? The, the Pursirat over Jahannam. Now, the Ahlullah take lessons from all these things. So, likewise, in this incident we were talking about, Hazrat he immediately he addressed everybody in the car and he said to them, Look, we need to take a lesson from this. That, mashallah, we also do a lot of amal, we do ibadat, we engage ourselves in salah, in tilawat, in zikr, in dua, in tasbihat, many, many things, mashallah. So, all this is the a condition of amal that are we are putting on, and these amal, they are cooling, they are bringing the coolness of ibadat in our lives, in our hearts. But at the same time, we fail to close our windows, like this air conditioner, it was bringing the cool air into the car. But at the same time, the window was left open, so all the benefit was being lost. So you see, similarly, mashallah, we make amal on many things, we do a lot of things, mashallah, some people decide a lot of wadaif, tasbihat, excellent, very good, whatever we establish from sunnah, all excellent. But he says we fail to close our windows. We don't close our windows, the windows of our eyes from looking at haram. And Allah forbid, where not this takes a person to. That looking at haram destroys the nur of the heart. A whole night of tilawat and one haram glance that nur just gets leaked out. Just fizzles away. So he says we don't close the windows of our eyes from looking at haram. We don't close the windows of our ears from listening to haram, music and all kinds of evil, listening to ghibad, listening to vulgar things, obscene things. We don't close the windows of our tongues from speaking haram, from lying, from ghibad, from slander, from all kinds of other evil talk, wrong talk. So when we haven't closed the windows, we don't close the windows of our hearts from thinking evil deliberately. One is the thought that just passes the mind, the waswasa and the whisper of shaitan, that a person ignores and just turns the heart and mind away to something positive that won't harm a person in any way. But where a person entertains the thought and then runs along with it and deliberately starts thinking evil or starts plotting and planning evil, then this deadens the heart. This kills the spiritual heart. So now we don't close the windows of our heart. We don't remove the malice, the jealousy, the hatred, the envy, the evils, all the pride, the arrogance, all these these maladies of the heart we don't remove. So we haven't closed the windows of our hearts, we haven't closed the windows of our eyes, our ears, our tongue. So as a result, all this coolness of the ibadah just completely just pours out of all these open windows. And as a result, we are still in the same spot. Like a person now, he's driving. So now somebody asked him after, he's driving and driving and driving. After 10, 15 hours now, they asked him, how many kilometers you drove? So he says, I've driven now 1,000 kilometers. So how far are you gone? He says, no, I'm in the, still in the same block. So 1,000 kilometers, he says, yeah, I'm just going around the same block. I'm in the same circle. Just going around in circles. So it's the same happens to us, unfortunately, that because we don't, unfortunately, not everybody obviously, but many of us, we don't give up haram. We don't give up sins. So we're going around the same block in terms of our spiritual progress. We are not heading, going anywhere forward. We're going around the same block over and over again, and that's the end of it.
So Allah Ta'ala forbid that this month of Ramadan also comes and goes, but because we don't give up sin in the month of Ramadan also, we're still looking at things, that TV hasn't been removed from our lives, that music hasn't stopped, that illicit chatting hasn't stopped, the social media and whatever wrongs on that social media, that is still ongoing, and the rebirth hasn't stopped. So we're just going around the block, mashallah, we're making a lot of ibadat, but that ibadat is all getting drained out at the same time. Come the day of Eid, we are no better than where we started off. And that is why many a person, come the day of Eid, they start making na'uzubillah qaza of all the wrongs that they didn't do in Ramadan. Come the day of Eid, from the day of Eid it starts. And if not the day of Eid, then from the day afterwards, now the person is, so to say, impatient, na'uzubillah, to get back to all the sins he had stopped. The reason is we didn't understand the object of Ramadan. We didn't try to acquire taqwa. We didn't try to develop this relationship with Allah Ta'ala. So the first thing we need to do now is to make sincere tawbah. Turn to Allah Ta'ala in all sincerity. We need to now make a firm pledge with Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, all the wrongs in my life have stopped right now. I've made firm tawbah, sincere tawbah. I've made a firm resolution not to go back to it. Ya Allah, now I'm begging your help. I'm begging your assistance. You keep me steadfast. You keep me progressing. We help our families, we encourage our people, we bring this talim alive in our homes, this talim which will keep this fervor of deen alive. So from now, from the month of Ramadan, we start reading the fadail of Ramadan now, other sections of the fadail amal, and we keep up with this after the month of Ramadan. We encourage our menfolk to be performing the salah regularly in the masjid, all five salah with jama'ah, to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, to be attending the programs of deen, to be going to our ulama ikram or mashayikh of the community, etc. and to take benefit from them. And in this way we encourage our children, we see to it that their ta'aleem is being given the high priority, their tarbiyat, we are giving them the correct Islamic nurturing, we are not giving them just the things that the West have given us, that is something to shun completely. We should be giving them what has been given to us in the Quran and Sunnah, then those children also will become the coolness of our eyes, and they will become the comfort of our hearts, and when we have left this world, then they will become a true asset for us, that they will make dua for us, they will make, do actions of righteousness and pass on the sawab to us. This will be our real investment. Otherwise they will be worrying about what we left behind for them, they will be fighting over the spoils, so to say, and they will forget about us. And some Allah forbid even swear their parents that my father gave so and so more and gave me less, whereas it's what Sharia has decided is what should have happened. Now, all this is something of no value then to us. So what we need to do is focus towards Akhirat. Develop this bond with Allah Ta'ala. This Ta'aleem will bring it. This right company will bring it. Staying away from all the things that lead us towards wrong things, towards the wrong things. Allah Ta'ala give us the topic. Allah Ta'ala make this Ramadan a turning point in our life. Make this Ramadan such a Ramadan that when it leaves us, if we still are living in this dunya, when Ramadan leaves, we still continue living our life after Ramadan like in Ramadan. Yes, we might not be fasting every day. Perhaps our extent of tilawat might not be as much as in Ramadan, though the tilawat will continue. Perhaps other things might somehow not remain at the same high pitch all the time. But our life will still remain on taqwa. That is the bottom line. Our life will remain on the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala. We will not now go back into haram and sins. May Allah wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Allah ta'ala bless us with it. Give us the strength of iman, the firm of iman. Allah bless us with kamil hidayat. Allah keep us on iman. Allah take us with iman. And Allah raise us with iman. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العاز الأكرم اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير إله العالمين يا الله Most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah. Allah forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah. We are acknowledging all the wrongs we have done, Ya Allah. But Ya Allah, on this occasion, Ya Allah, in this Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah, we are sincerely repenting, Ya Allah. We are making Tawbah from all the things, all the wrongs we have committed, Ya Allah. We are firmly pledging not to go back to it in future, Ya Allah. We deeply regret, Ya Allah. We are truly ashamed of what we have done, Ya Allah. And despite all your ni'mads, your innumerable and uncountable bounties and ni'mads, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, despite all these countless bounties and ni'mads, we still disobeyed you, Ya Allah. We still broke your commands, Ya Allah. With all the bounties you gave us, Ya Allah. Allah, our eyes you blessed us with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if we came in this dunya without eyes, all the doctors and specialists of the world couldn't give it to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you blessed us with these eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how ungrateful we were, we broke your commands with the eyes you gave us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the tongue you blessed us with, Ya Allah. Allah, how ungrateful we were, Ya Allah, that we kept on breaking your commands with the tongue you blessed us with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you granted us our ears, Ya Allah. You granted us our hands and feet, Ya Allah. You blessed us with our heart, Ya Allah. Allah, all of these nightmares and bounties, Ya Allah, all are your blessings, Ya Allah. Allah, you are keeping it nourished, Ya Allah. Allah, you are granting it strength, Ya Allah. You are enabling this ear to keep hearing, Ya Allah. You are enabling this tongue to keep speaking, Ya Allah. You are enabling this heart to keep ticking, Ya Allah. And despite all this, we are still using it against you, Ya Allah. We are still using it to break your commands, Ya Allah. Who can be a greater, Ya Allah, ungrateful person than us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but your clemency, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, your mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are so tolerant, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have not taken us to task, Ya Allah. You have not dropped down your azab upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, this is only your mercy, Ya Allah. This is only your kindness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are truly, Ya Allah, sincerely repenting today, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to stay firm on taqwa, Ya Allah. And we remove all the filth from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the malice and jealousy and hatred from our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the pride and arrogance from our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the reality of tawazu and humility, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Grant us the bond and relationship with you, Ya Allah. Allah, make us love you than everything and more than everything else, Ya Allah. Allahumma zukna hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wal hamal alladhi yubalighuna hubbak. Allahumma al hubbak ahabba ilayna min anfusina. وَأَهْلِينَا وَمِنَ الْمَاءِ الْبَارِدِ Ya Allah, you grant us your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Grant us the true love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us the love of his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of his sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live the sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the love of deen, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of the a'mal of deen, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of salah, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five times salah on time, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to perform it with khushu and khudu, Ya Allah. Enable us to fulfill all the commands of deen, Ya Allah. Enable us to save us from every haram and every sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true and pious servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our houses into homes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant sukoon and serenity and peace and contentment in our homes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our homes, Ya Allah, the places of deen, Ya Allah. 